0: Hello and welcome to the Nature Storyteller. Today we have two very different stories to share with you. The first is called The Magic of the Winter Sky. It is an appreciation of nature at night with the magical dark skies, magnificent stars, constellations, and auroras as we venture through a forest high in the Northern Hemisphere. In our second story, we are trying something that may only be suitable for some and it is not ideal for younger children. Storytelling is a way of sharing knowledge and wisdom, but stories have always been used to express our feelings when something is unjust and wrong. As a storyteller, it is essential to reflect on the things happening around us, especially those that upset us. It is that energy that motivates me to speak out and take action. Alfie's story is challenging to tell and may be difficult to listen to. As an animal lover, I trust you can understand what made me write about the uncaring and unthinking ways some people behave towards animals and wildlife. You see, Alfie is an XL bully dog, now considered a dangerous breed by the UK government regardless of whether that individual dog is a loyal companion loved and cared for by its family it is not right to condemn a whole breed to be muzzled in public at all times or to be surrendered to be put to sleep based purely on their breed it's a difficult subject and we will tell Alfie's story after our main story so you can decide to listen so now if you're ready join me on a magical ride through a winter forest As I embarked on my journey, tall ancient pine trees bowed to me and the diamond dust of partially frozen snow fell onto my cold skin. The sky was alive with raining crystals and the reins of my sledge dug into my hands just yearning to be pulled. My reindeer gazed back at me and the winter held his exhaled breath and turned it into an ice sculpture. I asked the reindeer to continue and his hooves crunched under the soft, smooth snow. Now, my village was accustomed to the winter's caress of cold and its tears of snow, to when it sleeps lulling darkness into a slumber, the sledge moved slowly, and the small jingle of the bells echoed through the woods, the trees like ancient kings. Soon, I could hear a flowing stream, free from the prison of ice, yet ice blue in its hue. I stepped down from my sledge, cupped my hands, and sipped the water. The taste of purity remained on the edges of my lips. I noticed something from the corner of my eye in the distance. It was a brown bear stood on the path. Its brown fur reminded me of childhood memories of the comfort of a warm winter blanket. I think it was a she-bear. She was small, yet her ears rounded with tubs, eyes as brown as the timber cut from the trees by my house fur is splashed with gold tinges along her back as if covered in stardust from the constellations above, scattered across the expanse of the cerulean sapphire night sky. She watched me as I walked over to my reindeer. She was sniffing the air and taking in my scent. The wildlife has a kingdom and she is their queen. She walked away and slipped back into the shadows and the comfort of the woods. Her knights, the golden eagles, were flying in circles high above, their silhouetted wings appearing to touch the moon's ancient face. The eagles were lifting higher in the air and their cry echoed as they soared above the tall pines of the forest. They were following the path of their queen. A she-bear whose tracks were still visible in the snow. I was on my journey with my companion, a cat named Emma. After some time, we stopped to make camp for the night. Emma was snuggled up in my warm, crinkled blanket. Her sulphur eyes looked up at me like jewels. Her black silk, fluffy fur was a welcome touch as she nuzzled beside my feet soon asleep with the wood orchestra playing softly in my ears i awoke the following day and looked at the crisp fresh snow that had fallen overnight as i made a fire and boiled some water for a wash and a drink i gave emma her breakfast and a large bowl of water breakfast was short today we could hear the howling of wolves in the distance which was a sign of their army as if soldiers were announcing their defying battle cry and the reindeer was clearly on edge and was keen to pick up pace and i hoped we would remain undiscovered by them the snow began to fall again and i watched the different shaped flakes as they landed on my navy blue gloves blanket that covered my legs. Wisps of cloud slithered past the moon, its white winter glow still visible. A partially frozen river appeared along the palm with cracked sheet ice that looked like glass around the river's edges. I could see the reflections of the overhanging trees on its surface. I heard tiny footsteps ahead and then the slight crunching of the snow as a beaver came into view. Its tail swept the newly fallen snow, peering at me with jet black eyes. Now, beavers are known as the crafters of the forest, and they use the glistening silver birch trunks to build their homes and change the river's course. I have seen a pair of beavers before swimming in the river, busily collecting branches they had felled for their dinner before heading back to the safety of their underwater lodge. Their lodge sat below the water and above was a beautiful structure of different textured branches and a mosaic of the last autumn leaves taken just before winter arrived. The beaver approached my sledge holding a fallen leaf in its teeth. It carefully placed the leaf in my sledge as a welcome gift for my trip into the untainted kingdom. I thanked the beaver and watched as it disappeared into the abyss of the moonlight blue water to reunite with its mate. Then I heard the hoots of a great grey owl filled the air and surrounded the wood with eerie The owl perched on a pine tree and turned its head to stare at me with its large piercing yellow eyes. The great grey owl has a large circular face with dappled, varying grey shaded feathers. It focused on the ground below and as it flew down with its majestic mighty wings and sharp knife-bladed talons stretched out, A tiny brown hazel mouse scurried under a nearby bush, narrowly escaping the watcher of the forest. We travelled on through the day, until we came to a small clearing in the dense pine trees that would make a good place for us to rest for the night. I began to make our camp and made the fire to cook supper. I looked up through the clearing at the night sky as it became clearer and the constellations appeared again. Leo, the lion, stalked the night sky towards Ursa Major, meaning Greater She-bear, leading her tiny bear cub, Ursa Minor, meaning Little Bear, into their home of endless stars. The constellations, like Earth, are alive and constantly moving, each with its own stories and tales. It is said that the stars themselves are souls of those who have ceased living, and only their souls are carried up by the hands of the other souls to join them and become watchers for eternity. A lynx walked along the edge of our camp, her dappled coat as if painted by a brush, her fur the color of autumn golden sun, and her eyes pure sunflower yellow. Her two kittens followed in her paw prints, still getting used to their huge velvet soot gray paws. Emma peered over the sledge, curious about her wild cousins, Her ancestors would have walked the woods like the lynx and her tail twitched in excitement and nervousness. Mother lynx cried out for her kittens to follow her, but they sat in the path, trying to catch the falling snow like they were catching butterflies. A second call signaled for them to move on. They glanced at me and Emma and then vanished into the thick, of the forest. I gathered long branches and placed them as I was taught, throwing an old blanket over the top, and I lit a small fire, and the orange embers began to burn, warming my frozen hands. Emma took advantage of the shelter and quickly placed herself on the red blanket. Her whiskers trembled from the cold and she purred slowly and deeply. I untied my reindeer from the sledge, gave him some grass, and filled a small silver bowl with fresh water. He shook his antlers and fur to free the remnants of snow as he settled down for the remaining hours of the night. We heard the cries of moose in the distance. Like an otherworldly creature's long, deep, rumbling noises echoing the borders of the woods. Like fire sparks, foxes with bright red fur came closer to our camp, making crying sounds like people screaming, a sound that shivered the soul. I waited by the fire, rubbing my hands together to encourage the warmth into my shivering body. Emma slept, and the reindeer watched the indistinguishable shadows along the camp's border. The trees almost seemed to encircle us, their towering heights and ancient origins making them appear like formidable giants. Nevertheless, they bowed to the great, mighty sky which has the power over all living things. I'm sitting and waiting for the Northern Lights. According to folklore, they are the souls of the deceased, illuminating the night sky, dancing among the stars, and rejoicing in the moon's light. Suddenly, the sky became a vivid blue-green with streaks of bright and vibrant green, sparkling, dazzling pinks, and varying shades of blue. All the colours intertwined, twisting and weaving in and out, illuminating the entire sky, like a painter who splattered his paints on a canvas. And I noticed shadows of people among the lights disappearing into the web of colours, only to resurface as if to watch me below. The spirits stood on the edge of the lights, and I realised they were artists of the aurora. Colours streaming out of their spirit bodies. So many stood together, then vanished into the universe until only one was left. It was the shape of a woman whose white hair appeared like a constellation as she stretched out her hands, emitting one last brilliance of color. Ribbons of greens, blues, and pinks unravel from her ghostly palms. She must be the constellation goddess, the night sky spirit, and the soul's leader. I noticed the animals emerge from the forest, bowing to her apparition. The moose bowing her head, and the fox's ears pricked upwards as they watched the goddess emit the northern. All the animals i had seen on my journey came to the forest's edge to watch. They bowed to the goddess of the constellations who was standing and waiting. The constellations came to life with Aquilia, the eagle constellation, spreading its wings to swoop into the goddess's arms. It was like another forest above me small fish appeared like shooting stars jumping below her feet as if the night sky was a vast lake. And Then a whale cry sounded as the giant tail of a whale came into view. Its body was made up of tiny shimmering stars to the howl of the constellation of the wolf as it cried into the expanse of the sky. leo the lion emerged taking his place by the side of the goddess and letting out a loud deafening roar as his prowess of power a tiny fox appeared alongside him shaking his tail to emit the final shimmering colors of the northern lights a giant pegasus appeared and the goddess climbed onto its back as it reared up on its legs neighing at the excitement of riding past the moon the animals followed as the goddess of the constellations took her ribbons of the northern lights the pegasus began to fly as she rose above us taking one last look down below at her subjects of the earth as the pegasus flapped its wings shimmering diamonds and stardust remnants floated towards the animals and me Her silhouette on the Pegasus flew past the moon, as did the other animals as they vanished into the Sapphire Abyss. As I sat in the camp with Emma snuggled up closely to me, the reindeer was standing beside me and the wild animals of the forest all around the clearing. My mind tried to take in the natural spectacle we had been privileged to become part of, one evening. The night sky is alive with the souls of our loved ones who have passed and the constellations that breathe life into our star formations. And that is a very good place for us to end our story. hope you enjoyed our journey through the winter forest and the animals that shared it with us although the skies in britain may not be quite as spectacular as those in the north they are still alive and it's always lovely to sit and watch the moon and the stars whenever you get the chance and now it's time to share alfie's story If you have decided not to listen, then we will say goodnight for now and welcome you back again very soon. If you have stayed, thank you for your strength and your courage and for trusting us to tell a difficult story that comes from a place of love and a broken heart. In December, 2023, The British government passed a law stating that XL bully dogs are a dangerous breed and must be muzzled in public or surrendered to be put to sleep. This is inherently wrong. We are the ones creating the problems and yet we never seem to have the answers or to learn from our mistakes. I hope that some people will learn from Alfie's story and make a change for the better. Alfie's story is not based on any individual or event, but it is told from Alfie's perspective. So now if you're ready, then let us begin Alfie's story. was a puppy, I was small and cute, with brown fur, little legs and big puppy eyes. One day, a lady came and took me away from my mother, but that was okay because I am a good boy and that's what all good boys must do eventually. This lady had a big house and a small, blonde-haired boy lived there. His name was Michael and he was pleased to meet me. Michael loved to ruffle my ears and give me treats just for shaking his paw. He would also give me delicious food and I couldn't wait to tell my siblings all about it. Every day Michael would take me on long walks and give me treats just for giving him sticks. Aren't humans funny? I think he's saving them up to build us a new den one day. Michael and I became best friends, despite my tendency to chew on his shoes and nibble up his gloves. He loved me in a way that no one had before. However, the lady never seemed to understand when I asked to be let outside. She didn't open the door, and then when I went to the toilet on the floor, she would get angry and shout, and sometimes even hurt me. Michael would always come in to defend me and they would shout at each other and Michael would pick me up and we would go upstairs and stay in his bedroom all night. Over time I decided not to ask to go out as it always caused a problem. One night I was peacefully resting on the floor when suddenly the lady picked me up by my scruff in an angry manner. Michael tried to pull me from her arms, but she said she had just seen the TV news and she must do this. The man on the news says that Alfie is a dangerous breed. He's an XL bully and they are now on the dangerous breed list in Britain, she exclaimed. He has to go. I felt sad and confused, but certainly not dangerous. I had never bitten anyone, and had no intention of starting now. I didn't understand why I'd gone from being a good guy to a bad one. But I knew that my life would now change forever. She had to remove Michael's fingers from my collar, and as she threw me into the carrier and then into her car, I looked back and I saw Michael crying. As a dog, I found it strange to see humans crying, as we dogs can't cry tears, but we do have the same feelings as you, and I knew that something was wrong, very wrong. The lady took me to a place that smelled familiar. Oh, I was back at my mother's house. I thought it was nice of her to take me to visit my old family. But my mother was nowhere to be seen and the man whom the lady called a breeder was angry and they argued and shouted and screamed at each other. The lady roughly picked me back up and put me back in the carrier in her car. We drove for only a short while when she stopped the car sharply. She pulled my leash and dragged me to the doors of a building she tied my leash to the door and said stay here but instead of going into the building she ran back to her car and i heard the tires squeal as she drove away fast a few minutes later a lady dressed in a blue uniform came to the door she untied my leash and took me inside she started talking to another lady who was also in a blue uniform, but they looked at me with sad eyes. I quickly learned from listening to them speak that I would only be there for a short time. And I thought, well, that's good news because all I wanted to do was to go home and snuggle up next to Michael. A short while later, a man came for me. He was dressed all in white and had a cap on his head and a mask over his face. He took me to a quiet room with a high silver table and many bright lights above it. He looked at me and said, don't worry. And he was kind like Michael was, so I didn't worry. He picked me up in his arms and he gently laid me on a soft warm blanket on the high table. Then he picked up a syringe with a needle but he forced a small amount of liquid out of before he turned to me and said, be a brave boy, this will be quick. He put the needle in me and as the liquid entered my body, I felt a stinging feeling and my body began to feel cold. And I thought, "I I don't like this feeling. My body began to shiver, and I tried to move, but my legs wouldn't work. My whole body ached as my back arched, and I felt so tired. He told me he was sorry, and that I would be loved up there. Where was up there, I thought. He said it was a place of love with all the daily sticks, treats, and long dog walks I could ever imagine. But I don't want to go up there. All I want is to go home now, and I don't feel good at all. He looked at me and stroked my head, which felt so good. I want you to hold me, I thought, and tell me everything will be okay. And he held me in his arms and I closed my eyes. My name was Alfie and they said I was a dangerous breed, but I know it's some humans that are dangerous and not me. Goodbye, Michael. I'm sorry. I can't play and walk with you anymore. I will wait over the rainbow bridge for you forever. Thank you for joining us today at The Nature Storyteller. I hope our stories have taken you to a beautiful place, deep within your own imagination. And at the same time, I hope you've gained more knowledge about the natural world and wild creatures that share it with us. Storytelling has always been a way for our ancestors to share their understanding, learning, wisdom and knowledge of their world. Through the generations, these stories have entertained, informed and inspired people and they continue to do so to this very day. Now it's time for me to return to the forest and begin a new adventure that I will share with you on the next Nature Storyteller.